Uh, uh, hello. <laughs> um, my, my name is Mary. Um, and I, I've been invited here to, to speak with you today. Um, please excuse my nervousness. I, I'm not used to speaking in front of such large crowds, um, particularly with so many men in them. Um, you see, I grew up in a, in a very small village called Nazareth. You might know it as, as Nazareth. Um, it's a really small village, uh, just uh, in Galilee, and nothing, nothing exciting ever happens in Nazareth. In fact, most of our people just see Nazareth as an insignificant speck, which nothing good can, can ever come out from there. Um, I remember as a child just running out into the fields away from our cramped tiny house, the stinking smelly streets and just out into the open, into the sun and, and I would spend my days dreaming, dreaming of, of moving to Jerusalem. Maybe God would use me there in the big beautiful place where the, where the temple is. You see, I'm a Jew and, and every year with my family, we would, we would travel to Jerusalem to visit the temple. It always seemed like such a long and difficult journey over the hills of, of Galilee, down into the beautiful plains of, of Jezreel, and, and then um, through the exhausting climb of the great mountains in Samaria, but then down down into the promised land, our land, Jerusalem. And it didn't seem to matter how difficult the journey was, it was worth it. To see the hustle and bustle of people weaving their ways through the streets, going about their business, the markets and the shopkeepers trying to sell their goods by seeing who could yell the loudest, their beautiful materials and their spices. Come buy from me, beautiful silks and shawls, fresh fruit, fresh fruit here. Seems like there was never a dull moment in Jerusalem. But nothing compares to the moment when you first, when the first time each year you see the temple, God's temple, His dwelling place here on earth. It's it's just simply beautiful. This massive building, bigger than probably Nazareth, my town itself, with giant stone walls surrounding it, and eight great gates where the Sadducees and the Pharisees and, and pilgrims from all over Jerusalem, all over Israel just stream through in order to fulfill their duties and offer sacrifices for their sins and, and their families. It's here growing up that I got a glimpse of how big our God truly is. In the town of Nazareth, it's hard to imagine God any bigger than the tiny rooms that we live in. But here in the temple, it's a reminder that the God we serve is, is so much bigger than the God of, of just me. But this visit only ever happens once a year. And it was my mother who taught me the way of the almighty Yahweh of God in our everyday life. 
My ancestors are the great Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And I loved as a little girl just sitting at my mother's feet as she told us story after story of how God chose our people to be his people. That he laid down a law for us to follow so that that we might be a light in a very dark world. I memorized the stories of David and Ruth and, and Esther. I always loved the story of Esther, of how God could use a poor peasant girl, an ordinary Jewish girl to deliver his entire people. That always astounded me. Yet now it would seem that I am living proof of just how our great God works. Mother would always talk of the Messiah, the Messiah who was to to, to come, who would one day finally deliver us from evil and set up his kingdom here on earth. Whenever she speaks of the Messiah, her face just lights up. It shines with hope. My mother longs for this one to come. We all do. We all do. We all pray each day that, that God will send his deliverer. The Romans have taken over our land and rule it with an iron fist. Fear reigns in the hearts of many as persecution against the Jews is growing. When the Romans ride into into town, we do all that we can do to just make ourselves scarce. Particularly as a young woman, I run and hide so that they can't take advantage of me like they have with so many of my friends. There are Jews at the moment who are trying to start an uprising against the Romans, threatening to topple the government by force. But if you ask me, they've got no hope. They are too few against the great many. The Messiah. The Messiah is our only real hope. The Messiah that has been spoken about for, in our scriptures by the prophets for, for hundreds of years. Prophecies all pointing to the great one who is to come, who will deliver us from persecution, who will establish his kingdom here on earth. The one, a kingdom that can never be destroyed, that can never be shaken. The Messiah will bring peace to our world and to our lives. The Messiah will rule for eternity. We are waiting for this one to come. The people are groaning for their Messiah under the weight of persecution. Our hearts ache for this one, for this freedom that only the Messiah can bring. We cry out for deliverance. Yet it seems amidst all of the noise that God has heard our cry because the Saviour is coming. The Messiah is coming. How do I know? I'm his mother. Okay. I can see by the looks on your faces that you're all starting to wonder about me now. Have I completely uh, lost the plot? (laughs) I can understand that. I, I truly can. I can hardly believe it myself, but I promise you, it's the truth. I still remember sitting under the tree outside of our house, terrified, hands shaking, tears streaming down my face, while inside my father was signing the marriage contract and exchanging gifts with my future husband. 
someone I hardly even knew. I know that I should have been grateful that my father, for what my father had arranged. Uh, from all reports, Joseph was a good man. He was a carpenter from the line of King David and, and apparently loved Yahweh just as much as I did. But I was struggling with the fact that I needed to be married now. I'm still so young. And I know that our family is poor, but I couldn't understand why my father couldn't have waited just a little bit longer to marry me off. When I asked him, he just spoke to me in a harsh harsh voice, Girl, it's for your own protection. And I guess in so many ways he's right. Women in this day and age are vulnerable, especially with Roman soldiers in town. It is practical to be married. But my heart just yearned for something greater, to use my life for God's purposes And yet to know that I would simply become another young bride who would become lost in the world of childbearing and house duties, in a world that seemed to be crumbling down around us. But the deal had been done. On paper, I was now married. And within a year, the ceremony would take place and I would become the wife of a stranger. And that's it. Well, that's what I thought. (laughs) It was a little time later that I had an encounter that would change my life. I remember I was again pleading with God to deliver us from these Roman oppressors who proclaim the emperor but reject the one true God, our God. When the hairs on my back just started to stand on end, I remember turning around quickly to to see a man who I had never seen before. He was like anyone I had ever seen. I couldn't tell if it was the sun shining behind him or or if it was him, but he just seemed to to radiate light. I was terrified. I shut my eyes and, and fell to my knees, not knowing if this man was going to be a friend or an enemy. And as if knowing what I was thinking, he spoke to me. He said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. I cowered down even further and I began to, began to shake and, 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 and he stood there just looking down at me with such a patient gaze. I began to wonder if, if maybe this was God himself. And what did he mean by his greeting? I thought all God's people were favoured. Don't be afraid, he said, for God has decided to bless you. A sob at that time just welled up in my throat. All I ever wanted to do was please God, but, but how can this be? I'm just a poor, poor girl. I've never been to school and I live in a nowhere town that, that most Jews ignore. Yet this person was telling me that God himself had chosen me to bless. This strange man who I was beginning to fear a little less and wanted to hear from more drew close. And almost as if in a whisper, he said, you'll become pregnant and will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus. I remember taking a sharp breath in, Jesus? Jesus, but that, mean, that name means the Lord saves. 
my mind suddenly just let go of all fear and I looked at this strange and wonderful one standing in front of me and began to realize that this must be an angel of God. And the angel kept speaking, he will be very great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. My mind was just completely a blur with all of these thoughts, trying to grapple with the implications of what this angel was saying. I was going to bring the Messiah, our Savior, our Deliverer into this world. It wasn't making sense. We all thought that the Messiah would come from a rich and powerful family, from someone who was wealthy and wise, not from me. A poor teenage girl from Nazareth who wasn't really even married yet. I stood, my head bowed in front of God's messenger and with more courage than I have ever had to muster before, I asked, but how can this be? I'm still a virgin. I raised my eyes to those of the angel and he stood staring at me and smiling. A peace descended over me like I have never felt before. And at that moment, no matter what was to come, I knew that my God was in control. The angel answered me saying that the Holy Spirit would come upon me and that the baby would be holy and called the Son of God. The Son of God. And then if that was not enough for me to hear, he told me that my cousin Elizabeth, who was old in age and apparently barren, was now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible with God. And then I uttered the words that would change my life forever. I am the Lord's servant. May it be as you have said. And with that, the angel left and I was alone yet forever changed. Joseph and I were going to be the earthly parents of the Messiah. But Joseph, oh, Joseph, (laughs) how was I ever going to tell him what happened, what was going to happen? In my culture, if a woman was found pregnant before her ceremony, uh, the groom had every right to kill her, to stone her to death. For her for adulterous ways. When I came back from visiting my cousin Elizabeth after about three months, it was beginning to become obvious that I was pregnant. I still remember the look on Joseph's face when he saw me after I came back on my return. His face just changed from one of joy to one of just disbelief and then absolute anger. I told Joseph what the angel said, but he just pounded his fist on the table so hard that I thought it would break. My mother was in the background wailing and weeping and calling to God, horrified at the thought that her daughter had slept with another man. I tried desperately again and again to tell them that I would never dishonor the promise that I had made to Joseph and that all I said about the angel was true. But they just both looked at me in disbelief. Joseph just kept walking backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards, shaking his head, trying to find the words to express how he was feeling. But nothing came out. Eventually, he just turned on his heel and walked out and my mother stormed out of the room, still calling out to God, asking why she'd been cursed with such a daughter as me. 
I remember slumping to my knees and asking God, am I to raise this baby by myself? Is it truly your will that your son would be born to an unmarried, a disowned, dishonoured, unmarried teenager without even a husband to protect her or a child? Joseph tells the story of how after he left the house, he roamed the streets all night trying to find answers. He could have killed me and been justified in doing so. He was terrified of the rumours and how people would treat the baby once it was born. He did not believe for one second that I was telling the truth, that I was having the Messiah. He simply just thought I was trying to justify my actions. He tells how he began to make plans to divorce me, thinking of ways that the marriage could just quietly disappear without too much embarrassment to my family or his. However, the all-knowing and all-powerful God intervened. One night after what felt like weeks of torment and agony over the situation, situation, Joseph fell into yet another fitful sleep. He had nightmares that kept waking him up and and startling him until he heard a voice as clear as if it was someone standing next to him and he, he opened his eyes and there above him was a man, shimmering light. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to go ahead with your marriage to Mary for the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son And you are to call him Jesus, for he will save all people from their sins. Joseph told me later that that once he had seen the angel, once the angel left him, he never again doubted the fact that he was to marry me. He was in awe that God had chosen him to be the earthly father of the Messiah, and he would do all that he could to protect this child and do the best that he could until the day that he died. We were officially not married not long after that. And my mother was extremely happy that Joseph still took me on despite the condition that I was in. Well, the Romans have just called a census. And now as Joseph's wife, I must travel with him to his hometown of Bethlehem. Very near to the time that the baby's due. All my life I've heard prophecies that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem and now it would seem that I am seeing this come to pass right before our eyes. I did have to have a little laugh when I realised that God was using the Roman government, the oppressors, the the very deniers of him to fulfil his promise. The trip is going to be a difficult one, a really difficult one. And it's very going to be very different to the journey that I would generally take with my family to the temple. For the first time, I will travel with my husband and I will be carrying the Messiah of the world. I hope that when we get there that there'll be some accommodation, something nice and safe for the baby to be born in. That would be good. But I know that God's in control, whatever it is. It's not been easy. People glare at me wherever I go and some will even spit at me, sure that I dishonoured Joseph and slept with another man. I think I have been called every name under the hot Israeli sun. (laughs) 
but I take courage from the words of the angel. And they don't know that the Messiah is coming. They don't know that he's on the way, that one day they will bow at the feet of my son, the Messiah, the deliverer, and the saviour of our people. There's, there's something really deep, really deep inside me, something, that's, something that wonders if we really know what this baby growing inside me is actually capable of doing and being. The angel told Joseph and me that Jesus was going to be able to save people from their sins. We just have to look at the world around us to know that it is broken, that we are broken. The fighting, the killing, the chaos, the darkness of people's hearts as we continue to walk away from God. Can you imagine what it would mean if Jesus, the Messiah, can put our world back together? to right the wrongs, to bring about justice and true freedom. How can we ask for anything more? I'm sorry that I've kept you here for so long. Um, I know that we women have a grand ability to talk and we're known for that, but but I thought it was just very important that you know that the the Messiah is coming. And and I know that for many of you that this just sounds strange and and completely impossible and and unreal, but can we just take a moment, just take a beat, just stop and ask, what if it's true? What if Jesus is actually the Son of God and can be the Saviour and the healer, not only of our world but, but of our lives? What if it's true? If there's any part of you that believes me and, and anything that I've said when I say that God cares so much for his people that he is sending his son into the world to meet them, to meet with us, then we cannot let this opportunity pass by. What if it's true? I don't think we really know the enormity of what Jesus will do. The teachers of the law, they think they have all of the answers, but I know that this baby is God's. And no matter what the future brings, God is drawing all creation together through him. You and I truly can have our lives made whole through Jesus. I don't know what Jesus will do, but whatever it is, I know that we are going to be amazed.